0: Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast.
1: I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan, and we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We are your companion on the journey to grow your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships.
0: To get you started, we've got a free email course on our website, shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course, with practical steps on overcoming your fear and anxiety. Thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Drink Think Podcast. I have to give you a little bit of a trigger warning here. If you are faint of heart, if you are easily scared, then this episode is probably not for you. Wait, actually, this episode is exactly for you, but you might want to turn it off now because we are going to be talking about fear today. I know that sounds scary, but we are going to be facing fear and hitting it head on and We hope that by looking at it, that you will learn a few things about your own fears, maybe get some awareness about that. And also we want to, as we usually do, bring some lightheartedness and humor to fears, because oftentimes when you can look at something with a little bit of perspective and some humor, it actually can make it a little bit more realistic. You can kind of see your fears a little bit more ridiculously but there's also kind of a, an, an air of um, tension, I guess, even just <laughs> introing this episode. I'm like walking in on eggshells like <laughs> we're talking about your fears and be careful. I don't want to <laughs> knock something over because you might jump and like run away and scream. But anyway, f- this episode, we're going to talk about fear. We want to break fear down and talk a little bit about the relationship between fear and your mind, your emotions, your body. We want to talk about why you avoid your fears and even give you some tips on how you can confront your fears. So fear is one of those things that, you know, everybody has. It's just common, you know, like everywhere you go, somebody's afraid of something. You could probably ask some of your friends, like, what are you afraid of? And you get all kinds of like wild answers. And if you're like most people also, you probably avoid your fears and more often than you realize it, you just have literally built your life around. No, I don't want to do that. Or nope, I... Can't let that in, or I need to section that off in my life somewhere because it's just too scary for me to think about. Maybe if you are like Jake Peralta on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you have a whole bathtub <laughs> full of bills that you don't want to look at that's piled high to the ceiling. <laughs> and also, probably if you're like most people, you think fear has to do with phobias, but we want to burst that bubble. Let's get started with a real-life story that happened last night. Nate, kick us off. <laughs> yeah,
1: we, we went out to. A little dinner, work on the podcast situation. And I think everything's going fine. And then it's like, Aaron comes up and goes, Hey, you want to go talk to those girls over there and ask them about fear?
0: (laughs) By the way, it wasn't like, talk to those
1: girls, like, let's hit
0: on them. It was like, let's get some feedback from a group of people.
1: That's what I was thinking, just for clarity's sake. (laughs) Yeah, OK. Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. But the first thing that happens to me is like, am I like, no, no, I don't actually. <laughs>
0: and I think I asked you, I was like, hey, I think we should go talk to them. Do you want to come with me? <laughs> you literally were like, nope, I'm afraid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about fear and it's happening now. So we go over there and um, they're very nice ladies. What ended up happening, the big picture was they were afraid, apparently, that we were even over there. Like, I will know that they did something wrong type of a thing. I thought that was funny because when when everybody kind of, like, talked through some stuff and we kind of... Nobody really got to know each other, but when it got comfortable, they were talking about what it was like when we first walked over. And I was like, yeah, I was afraid the whole time I was walking over, so... (laughs)
0: And apparently they were as well. One of them thought that they had done something wrong, like we needed that table that they were at. Another one, another one was like, "Oh no, do you know like my kid's teacher? Did my kid do something wrong or something in school? <laughs> You're gonna tell me about it." I'm like, "Wow, <laughs> a little bit of projection going on there." But no, it was funny. It was so perfect, also, because these are the, the kinds of things that happen with our fears that seem like they just come from nowhere. They're they're completely irrational, but yet. They come up and they happen just simply by walking over and saying, hey, can we talk to you <laughs> for a couple minutes? We have this podcast and we want to ask you about fear. Um, even then, like these normal people have all these kinds of irrational things that come up. And I think we tell the story because I think those ladies are like everybody else in the world. There's nothing unusual about them. And I want you to feel kind of normal about it. Like, oh, yeah, if that was me. Uh, I probably would think the same thing if some random people come over, like, what are they going to do or what's happening when you don't have any information? You've got to fill it with whatever is going on in your mind. And that's
1: an easy place for fear to make its home. Yeah, I think one of the interesting things to start off with that they that they kind of came up with. I mean, you know, in the fear that they had as we walked up, they stopped talking We're trying to figure things out and nobody wanted to say anything. And it makes sense because we're walking up, hey, talk to us about fear. And they're like, what now? Uh, We were just having a normal conversation. And now we need to switch over to an entirely different subject that we actually don't like. No one likes that, but likes fear.
0: But they did a great job of jumping right in. I think one of them. Uh, was kind of starting to talk about it and then another one it's almost like she'd been waiting her whole life to talk about like let me tell you all the fears i have i like take pictures of all these places i go around the world that are
1: some like vacation
0: destinations
1: but i'm afraid of all of them <laughs> i think you know what though she she started everybody off too exactly it's funny too cuz it's like she's she was convinced and knows like that for her it's a phobia she's a phobia of heights and so she was talking about climbing all these things That she was on the top of a Mayan temple and her husband takes pictures of her when she's all in these positions of being like in high places. And I was like, I don't know, man. I think you're probably fine. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Until she was like, but actually like I'm crying at all the pictures because I, I think it was something like to document that I am afraid, but I'm doing it anyway. And I was like, that's actually a brilliant idea. <laughs> but on the surface, it was like, but you're, like, in a Mayan ruin
1: in some tropical <laughs> location, probably. <laughs> like, that doesn't seem very difficult. <laughs> yeah, but, well, and that's the thing about fear. I will ask you to consider that fear, is, there's a spectrum, right? And there's a biological response that equates that spectrum.
0: And you are all on the spectrum. <laughs> there you go. It's official. You heard it here first on the
1: Shrinking Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the show! Um, <laughs> anyway, like, if it's, it's spectrum-wise... You've got stuff that is, everybody's probably afraid of, makes total sense. It's a, um, I don't want to be eaten by any animal. Um, That's pretty rational for me. (laughs) I don't think anybody (laughs) does want to be eaten by an animal, you know? I'm just aware (laughs) right now. I don't think
0: I've ever... (laughs) I don't think I've ever had that thought in my brain.
1: (laughs) I don't want to be eaten by any animal. But it's true. But but that's irrational. Like, like, I'm not going to put myself into a situation to be eaten by an animal. Okay. (laughs) Let's just (laughs) just do it. Anyway, um, earlier you were talking about laugh, like we're laughing right now, right? One of the components biologically of fear is stress. And the stress hormone is cortisol interestingly enough the only way that cortisol gets metabolized is by laughter exercise and uh, sex because of the fact that what it's b- being metabolized by are endorphins so this is why um, trying to kind of work through something exercise through something or other things laughter actually does re- it does lower cortisol which will take the edge off of a fear-based response. It doesn't get you out of adrenaline, though, which is, I think everybody's, it's pretty common. People know what adrenaline is. But but that's also why I think desensitization therapy works. Like this gal that was um, intentionally going to places that she was afraid. And she's trying to, to manage that. And that that exercise and work that it takes, all that stress, you're kind of agreeing like, yep, it's there, baby. And I can be with it. And then the association can lower it down because there's a certain limit to how much cortisol and that kind of thing that, that a person can tolerate, to whether they don't like it or like it and that kind of thing. But I wanted to highlight that because you were mentioning earlier about the laughing thing. <laughs> um, then I started laughing and remembering that I was forgetting that. <laughs> but, okay. I'm glad you
0: mentioned the cortisol thing because I think, you know, as we talk in the opening of the episode about. If you're like most people, you probably do avoid your fears. There's a good biological reason right now for that. So if you think experientially, like what you're actually feeling when you're afraid, something is happening. Maybe there's a situation or a person, or if you're talking about like a spider or, or a bear is coming at you and that's right. And its mouth is open and you're (laughs) You're like, I can see my head going into that. I don't want to. Um, what's happening is your brain is interpreting this thing happening as a threat to your system. And so like your fight or flight system is like, okay, we've identified a threat we need to release some cortisol to do something about it, right? It's going to tax your body, it's going to stress your body, and what that's going to feel like is like tension in your muscles, they tighten up, your heart rate is going to speed up, you're going to breathe really heavy and quick, but also really shallow. And that's not a comfortable place to be. Like it feels like, you know, if you've ever been stressed and paid attention to what's happening in your body, it would often feel like that. It's not a relaxed state of being. So Why would you want to stay in that, right? The whole point is to fight and get yourself away from that situation or flight and flee and actually just run away from the bear. So that kind of system is like, you don't want to experience it. And so you get out of that so that you can go back to a a safe place and feel more relaxed. So that's a common thing biologically about what we do when we're afraid of something.
1: The thing I wanted to say about the spectrum that I got distracted about is in relationship to that, Everybody starts kind of in a different place. So that whole system we're talking about, this stress and anxiety, cortisol's involved more so in the stress. You're not necessarily going to get adrenaline from any of that. Adrenaline's the one that freaks everybody out. That's the one that, that collapses your, your arteries and gets you ready to do something. But if you think about it, like maybe you're a person who doesn't like X. Whatever the X is, you don't like it. Your cortisol level will raise whenever you're around that. So why would you want to do that? And and it can be very something very small, like a common thing that people don't like, um, and we hear, I, I think I'm saying we, but I, I guess I should say I, but I'm, I'm assuming you're going to say this too, that nobody likes confrontation. People just don't like it. And it's funny because... <laughs> We all kind of assume that, like, we're the only ones that don't like confrontation, but, like, nobody likes it. Right. I have had a couple people actually say, no, I'm fine with it, bro. Like, like I'm sure you are. You look really up right now. Right. Like, like you're your ready to rate. fight. <laughs> you're not relaxed in saying that. But on the other side of it is is my whole um, dying by being eaten situation. <laughs> So it's really you're afraid of death, is what it is. I don't. I'm not actually specifically by being <laughs> eaten by an animal. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to fall either. You know, like to be honest, does that mean I would want to if I'm not afraid? Of, no, I wouldn't want to either. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Nobody wants to fall. That's why they have this thing called the trust fall. Actually, to kind of build relationship trust. Prepare you for death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think what was interesting too is the first thing that everybody thought when we were talking to those gals is that we mentioned fear, and I'm wondering what's the first thing that you might have thought even when you clicked the episode was phobia. We're going to talk about this obviously irrational belief that you know is not actually going to happen, but you're terrified. Like. Back in grad school, I remember my professor, we were going in abnormal psychology. Actually, I think it was psycho- psychopathology and appraisal.
0: That's the term.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Basically, how to diagnose bad things. And um, we were, dealing, we were de- looking at phobias. And he goes, like, so treatment of phobias. He goes, okay, so you have a fear of elevators. Well, thank goodness they're stairs. Maybe you don't have to treat this at all. Like, the person can just walk the stairs. And then, like, he goes, now fear of volcanoes. Okay, probably move out of Oregon, like you know, like or do you have to deal with your fear. So it's like, what point do you actually need to work through something? Because sometimes um, you can successfully avoid it, and it might not be the juice might be not worth the squeeze to try to like push through it.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a good reason why you know why we avoid these things that we talk about because it's uncomfortable, and if it's something like. Uh, an elevator, it's just seems easier. Like I can just take the stairs and you can justify it. You can in your mind, you can say, oh, I need the exercise. It's good for me to do that. Oh, it takes forever in the elevator. Maybe now with COVID, you can be like, oh, it's not safe anymore either. I mean, you can come up with all kinds of reasons in your head for why it's good to avoid this thing. And in some ways, that's probably fine. But also I think there's something else that's going on with fears that's important for us to look at that we want you to see today which is that when you do avoid them it actually makes them bigger it can magnify them so if it's you know like this whole bills thing in jake peralta's bathtub you know on this this funny tv show he didn't want to face the reality of having to pay bills and so he would just take the letters in the mail that were clearly bills he would just throw them in the bathtub and they would just pile up to avoid them and over time that pile got huge like it overflowed the bathtub and that's a good visual representation of when you avoid your fears, it actually makes it more difficult to deal with because now you got to go through every single one of those those letters, those fears, or the, the component of fear, and you got to like you know open the letter, read the thing, put it all together, organize them all, like which one came on which date. I mean, it's, just, it's a lot more work versus if a fear comes up and you just tackle it then it's gone. It's dealt with. You've paid it, you've you know shredded the bill, you move on. It's like you gain a certain type of confidence and you've got a system for dealing with it. That's not to say that it's easy, um, but... I guess what I want you to see is that by avoiding fears, sometimes that can work in your life and you can live and just be fine. And other times you don't realize there there are these unintended consequences later on where it just makes your life much more difficult avoiding them. And it has some damaging effects to your psyche, your confidence, even your anxiety that might be there that you don't even realize because it can produce this low level of anxiety or even a, a moderate level of anxiety because you've lived your life sectioning yourself off from these various fears, like you know, elevators or escalators, or um, what are those things in uh, buildings? Those circular doors, uh, revolving doors, uh, things like that. Um, that it's like, wow, maybe every entrance to a building or you know every part of a building, like you might have anxiety going downtown because of all those things. If you're in Portland, it's because you might get rioted against. Um, so that's a different reason, <laughs> but. But these fears, you know, can produce a lot of anxiety and you might not even realize it because you just think you're doing something like normal. Like, I just don't want to face
1: these things. So I'm going to be, be remiss if I don't even bring this up. I've debated about it because it's, it's around all of us all the time. But think about this, you know, right now, because this is happening no matter where you are in the world. And, but we're in the United States. We are battling a disease called covid that is over 97% survivable right so think about think about this for a second you're scared right but what are you scared of most people are not scared of the disease they're not really scared of it but they don't want to be that guy right so now the fear has transmitted itself into who do i look like i should associate with to make sure that i can feel okay whenever i'm wherever i'm at right so that means that you might you might think to yourself like Oh, no, they're taking they're taking my beliefs from me. This is who I am. I am I'm not going to wear a mask because this is who I am. And it's going to go against everything that I am. So the fear in that way is I'm going to lose myself. I'm going to lose my life. Um, I can't do that. So I am not going to wear a mask. And on the other side, you could think like a mask is really no big deal. I really don't care about that. But man alive, I don't want to look like I'm a person who would be out there trying to accidentally kill my grandma. You know, because obviously there's population differences that are more subjected to death with this disease. And you don't want to be that person that's like, man, where people are looking at you going, wow, you, I guess you're just willing to kill your whole family, aren't you, bro? And you're like, oh, crap. No, I'm not. I'm not like that. You know, I don't even care about them. I'll wear it. And I remember
0: even seeing a billboard around here that said something like that. You know, it was like a mask saves lives. um, And then it was like, you don't want to kill your grandma, do you? Or something like that. And it was like clearly playing off of your fear or magnifying your fear. And we're not really, you know, with this, we're not really trying to talk about the issue itself, like the actual COVID issue. We're really more looking at the fear that's behind it, because ultimately there is a healthy fear or there's a healthy aspect of fear, um, which we'll get into in a minute here when we talk about how to actually deal with or cope with your fears. But a little preview here is that there's, within healthy fear, there's like a message that fear is trying to tell you that there's something to pay attention to that you need to deal with. There's something dangerous or something that you need to do or something you need to be aware of or cautious around. But often fear will then generalize that into like something something gigantic that's way larger than the very specific thing that you need to pay attention to.
1: And that's where the argument begins with this whole COVID thing, because everybody's trying to sell everybody else on what they actually should be afraid of. Well, you should be afraid of this. You should be afraid of like hurting your family or you should be afraid that you're losing your livelihood or you should be afraid that if you don't obey the government, you're going to I don't know, like <laughs> get put in jail. I don't think that's going to happen. That's weird. But there's people out there that probably heard me say that and go, no, it's not, bro. Like that's their baby, you know? And so there's a lot going on. And, and what is undergirding all of this too, is the fear of the unknown. Cause we don't know where this goes. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. Um, and so it, they're in that little microcosm of that unknown. Because life is still going, right? Still okay. Like you you have a routine, you're doing things. But you that fear of the unknown causes cortisol levels to just raise a bit. So now you're just a bit stressed out. And maybe you're a bit more on edge. Maybe you're just a bit more irritable. You're a bit more depressed. Or could you be clinically depressed or maybe have... Um, intermittent anger, explosive disorder—I don't know. Like, just think of somebody raging out randomly. Um, I, probably, probably not. Like, you wouldn't be diagnosed necessarily, diagnosable with depression. We did a previous episode on the complications of, of actually the pandemic and diagnosis. Um, I think it was pandemic anxiety and depression. So, I, my my point is is that the stress kind of works as this foundation, and it's out there for everyone, and so. Oftentimes recognizing what's going on is the first part of what you're going to have to do in order to conquer some of this and make it more realistic. Because really that spectrum that I'm talking about earlier, another way to understand it is rational versus irrational fear. Just real simple. There's rational and there's irrational. Are you really going to die of getting hit by a meteor? Like, I'm not afraid of that today. It's not, you know, Or are you really going to die by being eaten by an animal? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> just challenging some fear there <laughs> putting that one out there.'m uh, I did get bumped by a shark once, so that's kind of, yeah, okay. anyway, that's a long story. but so there there is actually that's actually kind of an interesting, not the story, but it's an interesting reality, right? Because on the one hand, it's preventable. I just never go in the ocean again, right? <laughs> and then I'm not eaten by a shark. Simple. Although rivers in the Nile, that could happen. (laughs) (laughs) Or stay out of the lion's den at the zoo. Stay behind the fence. Yeah. Yeah. That fence is there for a good reason. Um, and also, just don't move to Alaska. All these things are presentable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Some> practical <laughs> tips for daily life here on Shrinking Thing Podcast. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, is like that avoidance, though, is it, that's where you got to figure out whether or not it's worth it. Like, like kind of what I was talking earlier with the fear of the volcano type of thing. Like, if you're really that afraid about some of this stuff um, and you look at it from a rational versus irrational, like if there's a clean and clear non life um, changing decision you can make. Why not make it just like, I just, I'll go visit Alaska. I'm not going to live in the middle of the freaking forest out there off the grid waiting for grizzly bears and moose to come get me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're speaking to, I think a couple of things. I'll transition this into like some practical tips here, but you're really describing what fear does when you have fear, it, it obfuscates reality. It, I know it's a big word Obfuscates. it um, makes it unclear it makes it vague it, it when fear generalizes some specific threat into a very broad thing you don't exactly know what you're afraid of and those cortisol levels can keep you from engaging into you know metaphorically here the mouth of the lion It keeps you from going into your fear to look at, like, what is it that I'm really afraid of? And so all of that means that the fear becomes this, like, this boogie monster of, like, I don't even really know what I'm afraid of. Maybe maybe I'm afraid of, I mean, if it's heights, for example, like this lady was talking about, like, well, that's kind of obvious, right? If I'm climbing, what was she, like, (laughs) I don't even remember, like, Mount Everest and, like, okay, there's legitimately, like, I could fall and die. Like, okay, I, I understand that fear. That's not an irrational fear. But if you're, you know, I'm afraid of spiders, like there's a spider on the wall or something like, what what, it, what am I afraid is gonna happen? It's just creepy, right? So one of the first things that I will talk about with people that people have told me has been really helpful to them because it breaks things down, is I'll ask a series of questions to look into a fear. So first of all, somebody might say, oh, I'm just really afraid. Maybe it's like a situation. I'm afraid that this is gonna happen. And I'm like, okay. Let's, let's follow me for a minute here. Let's say that that did happen. The thing, the event did happen, now what? And like, well, if that happened then, you know, that would mean this I'm like, okay. And if this was the case, why is that so bad to you? Well, that would be bad because it would mean this over here. Okay, yeah, and if this over here were true, like what's so bad about that? Well, that would just be really scary or that would be really hard yeah, that would be really hard. That would be really scary. Can you tolerate it? And it's like, oh, now that I've narrowed down exactly what it is I'm afraid of, you know, the situation or the feeling or what it's going to require of me, I can kind of see more clearly that, oh yeah, that would be challenging and it would require something of me, but can I tolerate that? Well, maybe I can't, maybe it would be difficult to tolerate. Maybe I would need some endurance or some preparation, but actually yeah maybe I can tolerate it that series of questions I think is really helpful whenever I have something I'm afraid of or if I'm working through fear with people I usually ask that series of questions just to break down what exactly are you afraid of because like I said fear is trying to get you to kind of look over there instead of to look exactly at it to see the very small thing that fear is that you should be afraid of
1: yeah, that's what, and that's what stress is really doing. It's it's creating this subtle, little, uh, part of you kind of thing that goes, just don't look, just don't sh- don't don't do it. Trust me, it's really bad. And then and then you get in a habit, right? Now you're not doing it, whatever it is. You don't even know you don't do it. And and that's part of what I want to get at is this idea of insight. If you're avoiding something, then it's going to be fear based. So. I'm gonna challenge you a little bit to just look at it and understand it. Kinda of like what Aaron was just talking about as far as the series of questions. Look at why you avoid something. What is it that you don't like? And I can tell I can tell you this, like when when we do this with people, when you get down, it's it's informative to us as humans because you get down to the root of something, and a lot of times that root is entirely irrational and uh, sometimes totally impossible. And and I've had people go like, well, I guess if I'm honest, I'm worried my dad's going to yell at me. Okay, and that makes sense, right? But you're 35 and your dad passed away, well, you know, five years ago. So he's not, he can't actually yell at you. Um, and he probably wouldn't now anyway, because um, that happened when you were six. And even if it was possible,
0: I think the other side of that is, oftentimes when you can put words to it, bring it into the light and own it, it just takes all the power out of it. So if you, you know, in another case, if you are saying, well, I'm afraid that you're going to reject me, um, this is where I think humor can come in really handy. Because if you know that about yourself, and if you know that it's linked to, you know, dad yelling at you and rejecting you, for example, if my core fear is I'm afraid you're going to reject me, you can start actually saying that. Depending on the person in the situation, um, it actually can create a lot of clarity when something's going on. You feel yourself tensing up, and you're like, "Oh, I want to tell you something, but I'm afraid you're going to reject me." Like, you just have spoken your fear into reality, and now the other person can say, "Well, what? What are you talking about? There's no way I would reject you. I just would. I just want to know what you're thinking. What are you upset about?" Or if you're afraid of being rejected, you might realize how ridiculous that is. You know, it's like, I'm your boss. I'm not here to reject you or accept you. I just want you to do a good job, you know, at your job. Um, But bringing that specific fear into the light and calling it what it is, in this case, even if it's rational, takes all the power out of it. And it gives
1: you the power back because now you know exactly what it is you're afraid of. Right. And there is, um, I want to say... You do have to be careful with, with the comedy scenario. Um, not, Aaron's not even talking about this, but you ever notice that c- comedians, right? What they'll do is they will, they will make fun of themselves, you know, like, um, for sure, like overweight folks will make fun of, you know, they get, to, they get the permission to be able to talk about being overweight because, and they, they can make it funny and they're allowed to do that because they can body shame themselves is what really is going on. But the reality is, is they're not actually dealing with any fear. What's going on is this is what they're going to do to, quote unquote, manage it. But there's not going to be any change. So because we're just going to keep doing the same behavior um, that kind of makes us feel a little bit better about it for a moment, but doesn't actually change anything. And so my point is, is that if you're going to go to try to deal with it, then you actually have to, to look at it for what it is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So you could say maybe one part as we're talking about these practical tips here, looking at what it is, um, challenging, you know, what is this that I'm afraid of? Is it really that scary? Is it really what I think it is, is kind of part of that whole first um, uh, step one, maybe of getting to know your fears. And then what you're talking about is, okay, if I'm going to affect some change with my fears, I need to do some things differently. So instead of avoiding the fear, I need to now start to walk into the fear um, and this is where I think it can be challenging because most people with fear, with anxiety, they believe that I need to feel a sense of courage, a sense of strength or confidence and so it's kind of like I need to work up the courage to face my fear and it's like okay if I do all that then like here we go let's you know let's get ready and let's face the fear. Just like if you're standing at the edge of a cliff, going to jump into some water that's like 20 feet below, it's like you got to psych yourself up for it. Well, or the diving board, you know? The thing is, if you've ever uh, been in that position, like for me anyway, it never changes. Like the fear doesn't go away. I'm like, okay, get psyched up. Let's go. And then I get closer to the edge and I'm like, nope, I'm still afraid. (laughs) I still (laughs) don't want to do this. But that's the thing right there is that it's that fear is always going to be there, right? It's, it's a fact of life. It's a biological reality. So instead, most people think that I need to make that feeling or that fear go away, but the reality is it's not going to. So what I need to do is I need to start acting anyway. So if I'm looking into my fear and I'm facing it and, and you know, you're using common sense. We're not like, you know, blindly jump off of the, off of the cliff or whatever. Um, but in a sense, yeah, that's that's a good metaphor because off the diving board, off the little cliff into the water, you're not your feelings are still going to be there, but you just need to take up some courage alongside it. And if you do that over and over again, you know, if we're talking about like speaking in public or uh, something else that might be scary, it's you're entering into the unknown. You don't have any experience with it. You don't have any confidence with it. You don't even really know yourself as it relates to dealing with that issue on the other side of fear because you've just avoided it. So you have to walk into it and do take some action and try something, see how well that worked. And then you have to do it over and over again, practicing that thing, facing your fear over and over again. And when you do that, you get to know yourself, you get to know how the fear feels in your body, you learn how to manage it. Part of that also is you need to give yourself some comfort or soothe yourself because obviously if you've got these high cortisol levels and your body is stressed and tense, you need a little bit of like, Relaxation or a little bit of comfort for yourself as you're navigating this. So take up the courage and take action anyway and see what happens. So many of the times that when I've talked with people about this, they will take the action, they'll realize, yeah, I confronted the person or I did this thing and I thought it would be really scary. And yeah, it kind of was, but then it was like, oh, it's really not that bad. Or it was something like, I thought it was going to be this and it was nothing like that at all. And it really wasn't scary at all at least now you know exactly what the fear is that you're looking at and you've got some experience with walking into it and now you that door is open and you can do more of
1: that bottom line fear gives us a message that we don't know <laughs> kind of funny but like all that you experience is your body going ah, right but in the background your mind is making up sentences, phrases, and ideas um, about what that's about. And it's telling you like, oh, you know what's gonna happen if you do that? X, Y, Z. You know what this means about you if you do blah, blah? You know what kind of person would do? This is the type of person that does that, right? And, and you don't even know those messages. You don't even wanna hear the message. So really what we're talking about is know your message. Get to know this message. What, what is the fear saying? because until you know what it's saying you don't even know how to argue with this thing right it the biology is going to be there no matter what but is it really true that if you do xyz you're a bad person i mean is that really true i mean what about the 99.9% of your life like that is what about that other part that like i think that that probably matters more and so but on the other hand this fear this stuff that's going on I mean, you do have to listen to it. Like Aaron was saying, it's not going to go away. It's going to just, it'll either increase because fear has a tendency to beget itself. You get afraid and then you're afraid of being afraid and you remember that you should be more afraid and then somebody comments on it and you're like, yep, I was totally right.
0: Yeah. And the thing that's really interesting, just to kind of bring us full circle about this conversation with these, this group of ladies last night was at the end of our conversation, after they were talking about all these things that they were afraid of and what that felt like to them and how they handled that, it really seemed to them like they were exposing like all these weaknesses. And then one of them was like, and this is crazy because these are like the strongest women I know. And so it was, it was interesting to hear them um, expose these fears, but yet also be talking about how they find a way to face them or confront them, even though they still have the fear. It's perceived by this other woman who knows them really well that they are strong, even though they still have the fear. And I think that's part of what fear wants to tell us is that if you're afraid, you must be weak. And that's just simply not true. You can be strong and courageous even though you still have fear. We hope that by listening to this episode, you've gotten to know yourself a little bit better, maybe even um, taken up some courage or gotten some motivation to look at some of your fears, because ultimately the way I see it is fear is like a prison cell. It's something that just keeps you locked up and it keeps you from being free from thinking and feeling and doing some of the things that you might want to do because it just keeps you afraid and so we hope that this has given you the key and opened that cell and whether it's today tomorrow next week or next year you decide to open that door and start to walk out we hope that you will consider what we're talking about and enjoy the freedom that facing your fears can really give you to enjoy
1: life have a great day everybody
0: thanks for listening to our show Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life.